welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and everyone else all over the world. And an honest and true representation of the living God within us is to reflect the sincere love of our mighty I Am Presence in thoughts, words, and actions when dealing with ourselves and others. But a false representation of our divine presence, which comes from the ego, is to speak or act negatively and hatefully towards ourselves or any of God's children for any reason, but yet claim in moments of convenience that our love for all is sincere. And no, we don't have to be perfect, y'all, but we must be sincere love, because God so loved the world, and that love is power. And although the eyes and ears of mankind can be fooled, the living God looks upon the heart, which always reveals an individual's truth. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. A deep interior meaning underlies the great truth, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To recognize the fact that we are spirit, and to live in this thought, is to be spiritually minded, and so to be in harmony and peace. Oh, the thousands of men and women all about us weary with care, troubled and ill at ease, running hither and thither to find peace, weary in body, soul, and mind, going to other countries, traveling the world over, coming back, and still not finding it. Of course, They have not found it and they never will find it in this way, because they are looking for it where it is not. They are looking for it without, when they should look within. Peace is to be found only within, and unless one finds it there, he will never find it at all. Peace lies not in the external world. It lies within one's own soul. To be at one with God is to be at peace. The child's simplicity is the greatest agency in bringing this full and complete realization, the child's simplicity that recognizes its true relations with a father's life. There are people I know who have come into such a conscious realization of their oneness with this infinite life, this spirit of infinite peace, that their lives are fairly bubbling over with joy. I have particularly in mind at this moment a comparatively young man who was an invalid for several years, his health completely broken with nervous exhaustion, who thought there was nothing in life worth living for, to whom everything and everybody presented a gloomy aspect, and he in turn presented a gloomy aspect to all with whom he came in contact. Not long ago he came into such a vital realization of his oneness with this infinite power, he opened himself so completely to its divine inflow, that today he is in perfect health, and frequently as I meet him now, he cannot resist the impulse to cry out, oh, it is a joy to be alive. He who comes into this higher realization never has any fear, for he is always with him a sense of protection, and the very realization of this makes his protection complete. Of him it is true, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, there shall no ill come nigh thy dwelling, 
Thou shalt be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field shall be at peace with thee. These are the men and the women who seem to live charmed lives. The moment we fear anything we open the door for the entrance of the actualization of the very thing we fear. An animal will never harm a person who is absolutely fearless in regard to it. The instant he fears he opens himself to danger, and some animals, the dog for example, can instantly detect the element of fear, and this gives them the courage to do harm. In the degree that we come into a full realization of our oneness with this infinite power do we become calm and quiet, undisturbed by the little occurrences that before so vex and annoy us. We are no longer disappointed in people, for we always read them aright. We have the power of penetrating into their very souls and seeing the underlying motives that are at work there. As soon as we are able to read people aright, we will then cease to be disappointed in them, we will cease to place them on pedestals, for this can never be done without some attendant disappointment. The fall will necessarily come, sooner or later, and moreover, we are thus many times unfair to our friends. When we come into harmony with this spirit of peace, evil reports, and apparent bad treatment, either at the hands of friends or of enemies, will no longer disturb us. When we are conscious of the fact that in our life and our work, we are true to that eternal principle of right, of truth, of justice that runs through all the universe, that unites and governs all, that always eventually prevails, then nothing of this kind can come nigh us, and come what may we will always be tranquil and undisturbed. The things that cause sorrow and pain and bereavement will not be able to take the hold of us they now take, for true wisdom will enable us to see the proper place and know the right relations of all things. The loss of friends by the transition we call death will not cause sorrow to the soul that has come into this higher realization, for he knows that there is no such thing as death, for each one is not only a partaker, but an eternal partaker, of this infinite life. He knows that the mere falling away of the physical body by no means affects the real soul life. With a tranquil spirit born of a higher faith he can realize for himself, and to those less strong he can say, loving friends. Be wise and dry straightway every weeping eye, what you left upon the beer is not worth a single tear, tis a simple seashell, one out of which the pearl has gone. The shell was nothing, leave it there, the pearl, the soul, was all, is here. And so far as the element of separation is concerned, he realizes that to spirit there are no bounds, and that spiritual communion, whether between two persons in the body, or two persons, one in the body and one out of the body, is within the reach of all. In the degree that the higher spiritual life is realized can there be this higher spiritual communion. The things that we open ourselves to always come to us. People in the olden times expected to see angels and they saw them, but there is no more reason why they should have seen them than that we should see them now, no more reason why they should come and dwell with them than that they should come and dwell with us, for the great laws governing all things are the same today as they were then. If angels come not to minister unto us, it is because we do not invite them, it is because we keep the door closed through which they otherwise might enter. In the degree that we are filled with this spirit of peace by thus opening ourselves to its inflow does it pour through us, so that we carry it with us wherever we go. In the degree that we thus open ourselves do we become magnets to attract peace from all sources, and in the degree that we attract and embody it in ourselves are we able to give it forth to others. We can in this way become such perfect embodiments of peace that wherever we go we are continually shedding benedictions. But a day or two ago I saw a woman grasp the hand of a man, his face showed the indwelling God, saying, Oh, it does me so much good to see you. I have been in anxiety and almost in despair during the past few hours, but the very sight of you has rolled the burden entirely away. 
There are people all around us who are continually giving out blessings and comfort, persons whose mere presence seems to change sorrow into joy, fear into courage, despair into hope, weakness into power. It is the one who has come into the realization of his own true self who carries this power with him and who radiates it wherever he goes, the one who, as we say, has found his center. And in all the great universe there is but one center, the infinite power that is working in and through all. The one who then has found his center is the one who has come into the realization of his oneness with this infinite power, the one who recognizes himself as a spiritual being, for God is spirit. Such is the man of power. Centered in the infinite, he has thereby, so to speak, connected himself with, he has attached his belts to, the great powerhouse of the universe. He is constantly drawing power to himself from all sources. 4. Thus centered, knowing himself, conscious of his own power, the thoughts that go from his mind are thoughts of strength, and by virtue of the law that like attracts like, he by his thoughts is continually attracting to himself from all quarters the of all whose thoughts are thoughts of strength, and in this way, he is linking himself with this order of thought in the universe. And so to him that hath, to him shall be given. This is simply the working of a natural law. His strong, positive, and hence constructive thought is continually working success for him along all lines, and continually bringing to him help from all directions. The things that he sees that he creates in the ideal, are through the agency of this strong constructive thought continually clothing themselves, taking form, manifesting themselves in the material. Silent, unseen forces are at work which will sooner or later be made manifest in the visible. Fear and all thoughts of failure never suggest themselves to such a man, or if they do, they are immediately sent out of his mind, and so he is not influenced by this order of thought from without. He does not attract it to him. He is in another current of thought. Consequently, the weakening, failure-bringing thoughts of the fearing, the vacillating, the pessimistic about him, have no influence upon him. The one who is of the negative, fearing kind not only has his energies and his physical agents weakened, or even paralyzed through the influence of this kind of thought that is born within him, but he also in this way connects himself with this order of thought in the world about him. And in the degree that he does this, does he become a victim to the weak, fearing, negative minds all around him. Instead of growing in power, he increases in weakness. Thoughts of strength both build strength from within and attract it from without. Thoughts of weakness actualize weakness from within and attract it from without. Courage begets strength, fear begets weakness. And so, courage begets success, fear begets failure. It is the man or the woman of faith, and hence of courage, who is the master of circumstances, and who makes his or her power felt in the world. It is the man or the woman who lacks faith and who as a consequence is weakened and crippled by fears and forebodings, who is the creature of all passing occurrences. We need more faith in everyday life, faith in the power that works for good, faith in the infinite God, and hence faith in ourselves created in His image. And however things at times may seem to go, however dark at times appearances may be, the knowledge of the fact that the supreme power has us in its charge as it has the suns and endless systems of worlds in space, will give us the supreme faith that all is well with us, the same as all is well with the world. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. In Tune with the Infinite, by Ralph Waldo Trine, 1910. Chapter 5 The 
identity of Saturn with Shiva is corroborated still more when we consider the emblem of the latter, the Damara, which is an hourglass, to show the progress of time, represented by this god in his capacity of a destroyer. The bull Nardi, the Vian of Shiva and the most sacred emblem of this god, is reproduced in the Egyptian Apis, and in the bull created by Ormazd and killed by Araman. The religion of Zoroaster, all based upon the secret doctrine, is found held by the people of Eretine, it was the religion of the Persians when they conquered the Assyrians. From thence it is easy to trace the introduction of this emblem of life represented by the bull in every religious system. The College of the Magians had accepted it with the change of dynasty, Daniel is described as a rabbi, the chief of the Babylonian astrologers and magi, therefore we see the Assyrian little bulls and the attributes of Shiva reappearing under hardly modified form in the cherubs of the Talmudistic Jews, as we have traced the bull Apis in the sphinxes or cherubs of the Mosaic Ark, and as we find it several thousand years later in the company of one of the Christian evangelists, Luke. Whoever has lived in India long enough to acquaint himself even superficially with the native deities, must detect the similarity between Jehovah and other gods besides Shiva. As Saturn, the latter was always held in great respect by the Talmudists. He was held in reverence by the Alexandrian Kabbalists as the direct inspirer of the Law and the Prophets, one of the names of Saturn was Israel, and we will show, in time, his identity in a certain way with Abram, which movers and others hinted at long since. Thus, it cannot be wondered at if Valentinus, Basilides, and other Ephite Gnostics place the dwelling of their Ildabath, also a destroyer as well as a creator, in the planet Saturn, for it was he who gave the law in the wilderness and spoke through the prophets. If more proof should be required, we will show it in the testimony of the canonical Bible itself. In Amos, the Lord pours vials of wrath upon the people of Israel. He rejects their burnt offerings and will not listen to their prayers, but inquires of Amos, Have ye offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But ye have borne the tabernacles of your Moloch and Kian, your images, the star of your God, Amos 5:25-26. Who are the Moloch and Kian but Baal, Saturn, Shiva, and Kian, Kivan, the same Saturn whose star the Israelites had made to themselves? There seems no escape in this case, all these deities are identical. The same is the case of the numerous Logoi. While the Zoroastrian Sosiash is framed on that of the 10th Brahmanical Avatar, and the 5th Buddha of the followers of Gautama, and we find the former, after having passed a part and parcel into the Kabbalistic system of King Messiah, reflected in the Apostle Gabriel of the Nazarenes, and Ebel Zivo, the Legatus, sent on earth by the Lord of Selsitude and Light. All of these, Hindu and Persian, Buddhist and Jewish, the Christos of the Gnostics and the Philonian Logos, are found combined in the Word made flesh of the Fourth Gospel. Christianity includes all these systems, patched, and arranged to meet the occasion. H.P. Blavatsky Do we take up the Avesta, we find there the dual system so prevalent in the Christian scheme. The struggle between Araman, darkness, and Ormazd, light, has been going on in the world continually since the beginning of time. When the worst arrives and Araman will seem to have conquered the world and corrupted all mankind, then will appear the savior of mankind, Sosiash. He will come seated upon a white horse and followed by an army of good genii equally mounted on milk-white steeds. And this we find faithfully copied in the Revelation, I saw heaven opened and beheld a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, Revelation 19:11, 14. Sosiash himself is but a later Persian permutation of the Hindu Vishnu. 
The figure of this God may be found unto this day representing him as the Savior, the Preserver, the Preserving Spirit of God, in the Temple of Rama. The picture shows him in his tenth incarnation, the Kalki Avatar, which is yet to come, as an armed warrior mounted upon a white horse. Waving over his head the sword destruction, he holds in his other hand a discus, made up of rings encircled in one another, an emblem of the revolving cycles of great ages, for Vishnu will thus appear but at the end of the Kali Yuga, answering to the end of the world expected by our Adventists. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, on his head were many crowns, Revelation 19.12. Vishnu is often represented with several crowns superposed on his head. And I saw an angel standing on the sun, 17. The white horse is the horse of the sun. Soziash, the Persian savior, is also born of a virgin, and at the end of days he will come as a redeemer to regenerate the world, but he will be preceded by two prophets, who will come to announce him. Hence the Jews who had Moses and Elias, are not waiting for the Messiah. Then comes the general resurrection, when the good will immediately enter into this happy abode, the regenerated earth, and Araman and his angels, devils, and the wicked, be purified by immersion in the lake of molten metal, henceforward, all will enjoy unchangeable happiness, and, headed by Soziash, ever sing the praises of the Eternal One. The above is a perfect repetition of Vishnu in his tenth avatar, for he will then throw the wicked into the infernal abodes in which, after purifying themselves, they will be pardoned, even those devils which rebelled against Brahma, and were hurled into the bottomless pit by Shiva, as also the blessed ones will go to dwell with the gods, over the Mount of Meru. H. P. Blavatsky If you feel your responsibility tonight, if you will respond to my request, if you will answer my love, my love will come back to you, and I assure you, it produces manifestations of the sacred fire that nothing else can give. Only the love from the angelic host and the cosmic beings and the ascended masters, only the love of that sacred fire is master over all in this world. And therefore we are offering you again the use of our ascended master consciousness, our use of it. And our use of it, I assure you, means the manifestations of the sacred fire to fill you, enfold you, control conditions around you, clear the pathway ahead of you, and give you powers to accomplish without limit anything and everything that is constructive, so long as you maintain the harmony. And this will help you to hold it within, because it is our love supreme. It's our love for you. It's our love for life. It's our love for perfection. So blessed ones, there is no such thing as failure. But call it into outer existence. Call it into yourselves. Call forth all the sacred fire manifestations of the great great silence or the ascended master's temples of the sacred fire. Call the sacred fire manifestations of all activities of the angelic host, and you can have the protection within and around you that keeps you from connecting with the discord of the outer world. So I hope we may help you to experience the fulfillment of that decree your blessed master Saint Germain gave you in the beginning of this work, to reveal to you our visible, tangible presence of the ascended host. And we will begin with the manifestations of the sacred fire that clear the atmosphere about you, hold you protected, clear the pathway ahead of you, then give you the power to accomplish what you will, so long as it be constructive, so long as it fulfills the great divine plan of the mighty Saint Germain and others of the ascended host, whose gigantic task of purifying this world and all upon it is, 
I assure you, a cosmic responsibility indescribable to your intellect. Beloved Archangel Michael, You cannot realize what mankind has done with the energy of life unless you had to observe it from the Ascended Master's octave. And when we have observed it century after century after century, my dear ones, sometimes our hearts want so much to put an end to mankind's constant experiment with human desire. So, from this hour you can call forth within yourselves whatever great central sun's sacred fire manifestations free you from human desire. That will be the violet-consuming flame fiery Christ blue lightning protection. It will be the unfed flame of perfect balance, love, wisdom, and power. It will be invincible protection of the armor of fiery Christ blue lightning. You have been given all of these things individually, and now collectively, when you call forth all the manifestations of the sacred fire necessary to awaken the people of this nation as quickly as possible, and take them out of the clutches of the sinister force, until that too, one day, is annihilated by the sacred fire. I introduce you to the powerhouse of creation. I offer you the gifts of eternity, and then you become, as you use this, you become the law of the manifestation of perfection. So, as we go forward to help purify and save this nation, it automatically becomes the purification and freeing of you, individually, from the human creation you have experienced, or that which still remains as a limitation. If we were absolutely certain that the whole student body would hold absolute harmony and absolute purity, we could clothe you in a moment in such power of the sacred fire that we could remove in a very short time most of the destructive force within the nation. There isn't anything we couldn't do through you if we were absolutely certain that you would hold the purity and the harmony into which we could charge the greater powers of the sacred fire to more quickly, purify conditions of the outer world. So if you begin to dwell upon the angelic host's cosmic armor or miracle mantle of all the sacred fire that sets you free, or all the sacred fire that purifies and sets the nation free, you cannot help but have the manifestations. That's all it takes. But the fundamental requirement is indestructible harmony. Beloved Archangel Michael, <laughs> 